I remind you that contexts change, but people stay the same. Contexts change, people stay the same. What we look at today in the Word is um, it's talking to us just as it was talking to them. I know sometimes the language and the phrases and the terminology and um, it just seems like that's a dusty old book about things and I, it doesn't, the, the word is always speaking, always relevant. And so honestly, the same things they're dealing with then, we're dealing with now. It might sound different, look a little different, but essentially it's the same thing. And so context change, people stay the same. We try too hard, really, um, the, most, the most damning thing that could be said about humanity is we tried to save ourselves. We believed in ourselves. And we try too hard. That's what we, what we ultimately try to do. We try so hard to make life fulfilling on our own. We try so hard to make our own way and we, we, we miss the fact that we cannot do that outside of the grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God in Christ Jesus. And Jesus is enough. So as we jump in this morning, and I want to jump right in, I have this video that I want to share with you um, just because I think it, it kind of gives a picture, the image, this, these images of what happens to us when we go down the road that Paul warns us about today. And so um, this video, it's at the top that you need to pay attention to right when it starts. This guy's on a moped or a motorcycle. It says in China, it's off a traffic cam. So um, do you see him there running to the van? Okay, he gets off. Did everybody see that up at the top? All right, now watch this guy's next minute of his life. can't quite figure it out <laughs> that one hurt <laughs> it's not over with <laughs> gotta get out of the way figure this out Yeah, that's not a that's not a made up thing. That's from an actual traffic cam video in China. Last week we jumped into Jesus is greater than human wisdom, and the idea is that the pressure of that to the, those people trying to follow Jesus was that they were bombarded day in and day out by their culture, but then also people that were in their church that were trying to tell them that the simple, unsophisticated message of the cross in Jesus Christ was not enough. It, was, it wasn't enough. Surely that's too simple. It can't be that simple. And so, you need to pursue understanding all this other stuff to help you get what this is all about. And he has just quite simply been telling us, no, in fact, the cross is the wisdom of God. 
It is the wisdom and the power of God. And so as we live as believers in our culture, we should never, never, ever feel intimidated by this idea that the message we embrace and the life that we live following this Jesus by faith, this unseen God through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's simple, it's uneducated, it's full. We should never, ever believe that. We should believe that actually, that as this, the, the passage shared, showed to us last week, is that the, the belief in human wisdom is so elementary that it's like saying, only being able to say the ABCs of a whole language. It's, it's like being able to only say the ABCs of a whole language. And so Jesus is greater than human wisdom. What he did, the way he did it, the what he calls us to, it's not uneducated. It's not simple. It is the way that God has always designed for this life to go. And it is the wisdom of God and it is the power of God. Don't be intimidated by a culture that tells you that you're stupid. That's a crutch for following Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Anyway, we'll go, we'll jump into today. Let's do that right now, okay? So we're gonna switch over and um, verse 16 starts this way. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you. Has anybody ever heard that phrase before? I think that's like the most quoted verse in all of the Bible now. It like used to be John 3:16, for God so loved the world. Now everybody knows Matthew like 7:1, right? Judge not lest you be judged. You can't tell me. Don't judge me. Ever heard that? You ever said that? Anyway, so we're moving into this kind of world. Don't let anybody judge you. That's another sermon. We could talk about that later, that whole Matthew 7, 1. But do not let anybody judge you by what you eat or drink. With regard to religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. So if you're like me, you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've not been judged by what I ate or drank, really. Well, maybe. <laughs> when I've had the fourth Coke, somebody's looked at me a little bit different. But a religious festival, I've never really been judged by going to a religious festival. A new moon celebration, I don't even know what that is. The Sabbath day, okay, I kind of got that. I, I understand. What in the world is he talking about? What does it mean to them? What does it mean to us? And so let's jump in to understand this. You see, these people who have come to Jesus have come out of a, uh, a, what we would refer to as a heathen culture, not even Jewish uh, they, they, they just 
you know, sensed that they were broken, lost. They heard this message of the gospel that there was forgiveness from a God who through the power of the Holy Spirit was convicting them, convincing them that he was the truth, that he had, he had provided the way for salvation and they were drawn to that. They gave their lives to him. They start walking in this, but they don't really know who Jesus is. They really don't understand the context of where he came from. And so as they're walking with him, there are people, that have a Jewish background that are now beginning to tell them, hey man, what you know, it's great, we're together here in the church, but I, I, you know, you did what on the Sabbath? And wh why weren't you at the new moon celebration the other night? Or don't you know you probably should go to that? Or did you know, I didn't see you at the, the religious festival uh, the other night or uh, all this stuff. And they begin to tell them, hey, you know, it's great that Jesus and we, we do seize the Messiah and he's, he's done this and there's no, it's unmistakable he rose from the dead and what he's done to our lives, he's brought new life. But you know, what you need to do is you need to keep that life in Jesus by doing these things. You gotta get the full thing. You gotta get the whole program. And what they're referring to is things like whatever you eat and drink. They're referring to the dietary laws that they had always had as Jewish people, right? You begin to read in the Old Testament, uh, you know, stuff like the Lord starts saying some, some, some strange stuff, like don't eat this, don't eat this, don't eat pork. Oh, it's, you know, you read that, right? Leviticus, Numbers, you're reading Exodus, and you're like, what is he doing? Is this what God is about? Does he really, he created a pig, and now he doesn't want us to eat it? And it's so good. How could that be sinful? You guys don't like bacon? I love bacon. You know, and so he's saying, hey, these people are trying to tell you, you know, Jesus, but you need, to, you need to follow these dietary laws. You need to follow the old ways. You need to, you need to be kosher. We kind of understand it today, right? You can get a kosher meal on a plane or somewhere still. Um, uh, you need to be kosher. Or, hey, you know, we have these religious observance, these festivals. We've always celebrated Passover, the, the time when, when, you know, God delivered us out of Egypt. And, and we, Yom Kippur, and the, the Feast of Tabernacles, and the festival, all this stuff. And so, you know, hey, Jesus is great. But you also need to understand that the whole thing is, you need to jump into the whole program. You need, to, you need to be there. Um, you know, the new moon, which I didn't really know what that was. I gotta be honest, I had to really look that up. Um, and it's like the Jewish people, they had these monthly meetings at the new moon, right? Um, makes sense, right? That wasn't very, but they would. They'd get together and it would be a time for them to remember something about God. And it was like, a, a, you know, we have monthly board meetings, right? Well, this was maybe a little bit better than those, but... You know, they remember something about God and, 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 and you were expected to be there. It was something that was built into your life, a habit, an observance that you were following because this is how you, you lived out your faith. 
where he says the Sabbath day. I'm telling you, man, I started to look at that this week again, and it was crazy what these people had done with that commandment, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You know, this day that God had given as, 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 as a, a principle of rest in so many different ways, they had literally taken it. Listen to this, listen to this. They had, they had detailed to the nth degree how you were supposed to keep that habit or that commandment, what it was to be holy, to, to keep it holy. You know, you couldn't work on that day. And they even had a rule that you couldn't walk through a field on the Sabbath because get this, your sandal might clip a grain of wheat. And if it clipped that grain of wheat, you would then be harvesting grain. And if you were harvesting grain on the Sabbath, you had worked and you had sinned. You guys find that absolutely ridiculous? Somebody had way too much time on their hands. Some priest or Levite wanted to keep his government job, and so he kept making these things up is what I think. Another example is you could not spit on the ground on the Sabbath because your spit would create mud, and this was making mortar. Mor uh, mortar. If you created mortar, then you were working on the Sabbath, and therefore you were sinning. Wow. I can't even make this stuff up. And he's saying, listen, what you have done is you have misunderstood what that is all about. Because he says, verse 17, those were a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Jesus Christ. You see, the reason why there's dietary, there was dietary laws, why you read in your Bible, why God asked the, the people of Israel not to eat po pork, um, to be kosher, to, to uh, observe the Sabbath day, to, you know, actually, I mean, there were some pretty stiff penalties then. If you did, you know, actually, you could, you could get stoned for, like, working on the Sabbath. And there's some, we, we, people ask legitimate questions to me what in the world you couldn't wear clothing that was mixed material like it had to be all wool or all pot. all that stuff in the old testament laws rules what is that about why don't we follow that now what is going on and the lord had done that as he is introducing himself to a world that is so lost, so broken, so fallen. So, I mean, you talk about when the Israelite people, when he called them out, you have, some, you have some really dark, the world is dark. I mean dark. The practices they did, the, 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 the heathenism of that day. And he says, you know what? I'm gonna call out a people that ultimately the whole reason to call out that people is Jesus Christ. But I'm gonna call them out and I want them to look vastly different than the rest of the world. I want them to, I want people to say, wow, you know they do that stuff? What is that? A, he wanted, he asked them, he instituted all this stuff for a specific reason to make a unique distinction between his people and the rest of the world. Amen? That's why. That's why he did that. 
But his purpose was for a specific time and a specific reason. The principle has not left. God has always called out those who follow him to be set apart, which is the, really the meaning of holiness. He has always called us to be set apart from the common and ordinary ways of this fallen world. And so the reality now is not in following the Sabbath day laws. It's not in observing the religious festivals. It's not in the new moon celebrations. Aren't you grateful for that? I don't even know when the, I do notice the new moon sometimes, but I'm kind of like this, you know. I have to, but um, it's not in what you're eating or drinking. That was specific time, specific purpose to make a general principle to show that God's people are unique from the rest of a common and ordinary fallen world. But Jesus has come and now that is over. That is completely done with. And the, the uniqueness that he calls us to, the set-apartness that he calls us to, the holy that he calls us to, is now the work of his Holy Spirit in us, making us transformed people that are uniquely different than broken, fallen, lost world. Yeah, he still calls. I mean, I, I could start reading in here about a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a called out people, uh, all that stuff he calls us to. But it's not in what we wear or what we observe or what we go to or what we eat or drink. Remember what he says in the New Testament? Saying this very clearly to, to Jewish people, the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but it is in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is peace, love, joy. That's what the kingdom of God is now. That's the uniqueness he calls us to. And he says, listen, those people that are calling you, that are, that, are, that are pressuring you, that are intimidating you about why do you not still do this stuff, don't let them do that to you. Don't let them do that to you for a moment. Because the reality is, is if you are in Christ, if you're connected to him, you are exactly where you are supposed to be. Do you ever have that? I, I wonder when I'm studying for this sermon, I'm thinking, so what kind of religious observances would we feel pressured to do? Uh, some of us come, I come from a really, like, I came from a really strict background, okay? So this is like, yeah, woohoo! You can't judge me! But I wonder, you're like, well, I don't get judged by anybody. I mean, they're just happy I'm like a Christian now, you know? I'm like different than what I used to be. But I would tell you that overtly so often, it can be, it can be something that slips in. A, a religious tone. Because religion is all about comparison. That's what it is. Religion is all about making myself feel at a certain level so I feel accepted by God. It's religion. I know the, 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 if you look at religion in the, in the dictionary, it's, it, has a, it has a definition, okay? But what I'm using it is, is religion without relationship with Jesus Christ. 
It's all about, and we've seen it. Maybe we've been a part of it. Maybe we've been in places where you just knew it was religion, man. It was about, did you do this? Did you pay this? Did you do this? Did you, don't, you don't do this. You do this, you, you know, and if you do that, you're out and you feel guilty. You don't feel accepted by God. Other people think you're, you know, a sinner, whatever, all that stuff. And I think that always, we are always making sure that we have a confidence that if I am connected to Jesus Christ, if I'm walking with him, then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or says. Amen? Amen. Isn't that freeing? Man, that is, (laughs) I don't know about you, but it was for me. You know, I didn't live, it's like the scriptures talk about, those that compare themselves among themselves, they are not wise at all. They are foolish. I'm looking at you and thinking, you know, Ron, I don't understand why you do that. And I think, I think that's wrong. And Ron, I, I, and so I start to say, Ron, I, I think that's wrong. You should, Ron, if he's walking in Christ Jesus, you know what he needs to do with me? He doesn't, he need, he doesn't need that to affect him at all. He needs to be like, you know what? I know where I'm supposed to be. I think one of the ways that we do do this a little bit, I just want to make a point here, is you hear a lot of times, you've probably heard a lot of pastors, a lot of us say, we talk about a devotional life, right? How many of you ever heard somebody say, hey, you need, you're supposed to be reading your Bible and praying? And probably they said every day, Okay. And what's happened over time is we've said that enough, we've said that enough, we've said that enough that it has become in our minds something that we believe is how we are accepted by God. And we feel accepted by, hey, read my Bible, prayed this morning, I'm good with God. I'm in, baby. Next day, alarm didn't go off till 15 minutes before work. I'm just flying out of the house and I'm feeling like a sinner because I haven't had my devotions, right? Because we've created this scenario where we're accepted by God based on the, the doing of our devotional life, the do. And I'm sorry if I've ever communicated that to people that that's how your acceptance with God is. You know why we emphasize devotional life, devotional life, prayer, reading, prayer, reading? It's not because you, ha- you read your three chapters and prayed. I don't know what, I just don't want a number out there. You're like, whoa, <laughs> three chapters? I thought I was doing good with five verses. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just throwing a number out there, okay? But, you, you know, and so I'm excited. Listen, the reason why I have a devotional life is because I can't make it without his help. I have to have that. It's not anything about me gaining God's approval by my devotional observance. It's I have to have the word in my life. I have to be communicating with him or guess what? Chip Bullock just starts to go like this. I'm done, I'm out. I turn inward, I turn selfish, I turn, uh, I turn to sin, I turn to so many things. It's not, hey, devotional life to earn God's approval. It's I gotta have that in my life because that's my lifeline because Jesus is everything and I've gotta stay connected to him. Does that make sense? That's what he's trying to say here. 
saying, listen, don't let people judge you and get you into this whole, I do this and do that, and you don't do that, and we do this, and so we're in, you're out, you're inferior Christian, you're second rate. He said, nonsense, throw it all away. Just have one singular focus. Are you walking with Jesus Christ? That's all. Guess what will happen if that happens? Your life will make sense. Your life will be ordered. In fact, Jesus said that walking with him, it created a righteousness that exceeded a whole bunch of rules. The righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. If you, I read that verse and I'm like, good grief, I can't pull that off. A righteousness that's more than the 600 and something laws they had. And it's a righteousness that him coming in, changing my heart and ordering my life out of that through the power of his Holy Spirit. And when he does that, righteousness happens. I don't have to tell, okay, all right, this rule says, I gotta follow this rule. With Jesus in, it just begins to be, hey, I don't, I don't even, I see what that does. I see how that separates me from God. I see how that doesn't make me happy. That doesn't fulfill. I know what he has, the life and the peace, the joy and the love he has. I, yeah, uh-uh, I don't care about no rule. I'm here because this is where my life is. That's the difference. That's what he's talking about. He's saying Jesus is greater than a bunch of set of rules, or I would say Jesus is greater than religion in him he keeps going he shares this i'm gonna hurry i promise don't squirm do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you from the price if you're like me you're like i didn't know people really worshiped angels very much but you know what the more i've started to read this week about there's some crazy stuff out there i mean we even I like flipping through the channels last night. I'm watching something. There's some commercial. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Some medium now. You can watch the show, the medium who talks to the dead loved ones. You know, the, um, you got all sorts of crazy stuff out there. And he's saying, listen, such a person goes into great detail about what he's seen. And his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head who the whole body support, is held together and supported with. And it grows. As, it, as God causes it to grow. And he's saying, listen, Jesus is greater than some kind of crazy spiritual experience. And you know what? You can turn on even Christian channels. And what, what do you get? You need to experience this. You need to have some kind of crazy God experience. You need to have, uh, what, what's wrong with you? Why haven't you, you know, haven't you seen the vision? And haven't you talked to the apostle or something like that? And it's all about this. Saying, listen, nonsense. Jesus is greater than that. It's greater to just walk with Jesus and have his Holy Spirit and commune with him than to have some great experience. In fact, he says that, that that's not even what he's about. Jesus is greater than that. Don't, don't be intimidated by people who make you feel like you're not spiritual enough because you haven't, you know, experienced this or whatever. Just walk with Jesus. Stay connected to him. He's greater than all of that. Life in him is greater than all of that. He said, since you died with Christ to the basic principles of the world, don't submit to its rules. 
don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, all these rules that are made to try to, to make us like, uh, you know, they are destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. They have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in really restraining sensual, sensual indulgence. You know, I like this, this illustration of, of a balloon. If I blow a balloon up and I tie it off and my object is to not let the balloon hit the ground, what am I going to have to do? Yep, I'm going to have to keep batting it, right? I'm going to have to keep moving around, batting it a little bit. and Oh, it's starting to sink again. I've got to bat it again. I've got to bat it again. You see, my, my, my air, it doesn't do the trick. And I've got to keep bolstering that up, right? I've got to keep the balloon flow. I've got to keep it, I'm, you know. I should have brought a balloon in here and did that. but Could have gotten messy. Um, but you know what? If you put helium in a balloon, what happens? I'm not batting it. I know this is a crude illustration, but I like to think in these ways. Helium is like, uh, am I going to say this on tape? <laughs> Stop the tape. Helium is like the Spirit of God that we need. Something outside of ourselves, Him, keeps us. You see, us, it's, I got to keep myself, religion, got to keep batting it up, got to, okay, got to keep, you know, and that's exhausting, it's tiring, and you know what most people do? They just check out. They just give up. They just, because they, they don't understand that the key is Christ in you. The greater one brings the greater life. Something outside of just my hot air, you know, and you're saying amen. <laughs> I'm about ready to leave here if you don't you know what I mean? Jesus is greater than our self-efforts, our human efforts, our religion. He's greater than spiritual experiences. He is enough. If you have him, don't, don't allow yourself to be intimidated or think you're second rate or not. Just walk with him. Allow his life in you to create who he's wanting you to be and make you to be. I, in, this, in this today with this illustration, all of us know Steve Jobs, right? Everybody recognize, everybody recognize this symbol? That's Steve Jobs. Incredibly driven man. Incredibly driven man. Um, his story is unique. But you know what? Honestly, when you look at the story of Steve Jobs, you'll find that he was so incredibly driven that he believed in the power and will of an individual, the human will, human effort. And you would think that his biggest drive was technology, but if you actually looked at his life, his biggest drive with this was in food. Steve Jobs loved, even as a teenager, to try different diets because he felt like that when he did something having to do with food, he was in control. Like one time he went a couple weeks with eating nothing but apples. And he got a tremendous sense of self 
empowerment. So I'm in control. Look at what I can do. Now, that carried off into technology in a great way. I love Apple, okay? But you know what? That drive, even that issue with food, ended up becoming part of his downfall. Because, you know, I mean, he would try things like, you know, the carrots and the juicing and all that stuff. And you do that. I don't care if, it, you know, but I'm just saying, he just believed in that stuff. He was diagnosed with cancer. And he said, you know what? I believe I can beat this by my diet. And so he refused to have the surgery to take care of that cancer. His loved ones begged him, said, doctors told him, said, listen, you need to have this. It's in your pancreas. We can take it out. Nope, I'll kick it by my diet. I believe in what I can do. I believe that, uh, you, you see, he got to a point where he started to deteriorate enough. He finally went in and said, you know what? Go ahead, let's do the surgery. Can't, can't kick it through all this carrots and juicing and all that. They went in, they did the surgery, but they found, you know what had happened in the meantime? Cancer had spread to a point where he was not gonna be able to, he was terminal. And I, I read that story and I thought, you know what? That's such an illustration of us or people who think that they are going to figure it out and they're going to fix it and they're going to they're going to be religious enough. They're going to be moral enough. They're going to be good enough. I had somebody this week, I think, or last week, just basically told me, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I think, you know, man, it's, you know, I do enough good things. My good things outweigh my bad things. I'm going to make it. How many times have we heard that, right? This whole, what I'm going to do, and just like Steve Jobs, I'm going to pull this off. I'm going to kick this myself. It ended up being his undoing. And I'll tell you today that without Jesus Christ or us thinking that it's Jesus and then we have to all, we have these lists and codes and all this stuff that are what make us right with God, that'll be our undoing. Because those, are, those things are shadows. Those are not the real substance. The reality is in Jesus Christ. And he calls them to that. Don't fall off the ditch into religion. Don't fall off the ditch into spiritual experience and all that stuff where, you know, it's just stay connected to him. Allow him to be your Lord and Savior. Walk with him and he will fulfill the purposes he has for your life. And you will experience the life that he's always intended. Fulfilling. Meaningful. Make sense? A couple of you. Well, it was worth it if it was a couple of you. <laughs> Jesus is greater. Having him is greater than human effort, religion. Having him is greater than spiritual experience. Let's just stay connected to the one who is. Father, I, I just rely on your Holy Spirit to speak to us. Each one of us have different ways where you know, we can, we can fall into traps where we think, yeah, I trusted in Jesus and he's my savior, but really I believe that if I do this, this, and this, that's what makes me accepted by you. No, what makes us accepted by you is are we connected to Jesus? Are we in a vibrant relationship with him? Are we walking with him? 
So Lord, let us not be intimidated by people who come along and try to tell us we should do this, this, and this. Lord, just keep us close to you, walking with you. Obviously, our brothers and sisters, as they share the word with us, they help us to see maybe something that you have for us. But Lord, we are not in bondage to anybody or anything or any experience or any kind of level. It's just the focus is stay connected to Jesus. So continue to do that in our lives. And as you do that, you create in us, wow, who you always intended for us to be. We praise you, Lord. We thank you. Help each one to have a great week in Jesus' name.